Hello and welcome to the Coivecast, another very special episode, albeit in interesting circumstances, let's just say. Uh, I'm Ross, your host as always, uh, and Adam, of course, is, is here as well. Um, we're actually recording this from Weldon Road, which is <laughs> a bit weird. A little bit <laughs> interesting, isn't it? <laughs> it's a little bit strange. Coivecast on tour. Coivecast on tour. We did intend, as I posted on Twitter yesterday, uh, to record an episode on the IMG grading, the IMG criteria, the big announcement day, whatever it might be. Uh, we always intended to do this episode anyway. Uh, I fully imagined I'd be sat in my room, in my office, on Zoom, with Adam's lovely face across from me, and we'd just be chatting about Caspian 10th 11th, and that's yep. what it is. Um, all hell broke loose about 10 to 10, uh, yep. as you'll know, this morning. <laughs> and pretty quickly after Casper uh, out a statement about our particular IMG grade and a potential mis- uh, discrepancy in there, uh, I received a call from the club, which again is not very <laughs> expected, <laughs> but uh, uh, we received a call on the podcast from the club who want to come on uh, and basically explain uh, in their terms what, what has gone on and um, yeah, the situation we currently find ourselves in. What you're about to listen to uh, is a pretty candid chat with Mark Grattan that was interviewed, uh, it happened to t- about 20 minutes ago, um, it's about a 15-20 minute chat, I think, I've lost all yeah, about twenty minutes. I've lost all concept of time and everything. To be honest, it's all it's all gone to pot. Um, but yeah, what you're about to listen to is me chatting to Mark Grattan and him kind of giving everything, um, his entire take and everything, uh, including an apology, which I think is something that some of you will be looking out for. Uh, he's pretty candid on that. So enjoy what you well is enjoy the right word. I don't know, uh, but <laughs> at least uh, appreciate what you're about to listen to. I think in the next twenty minutes, uh, do not turn off. When I say thank you and Mark leaves us, we will then be, via the power of time travel, speaking about said interview, uh, which has not happened yet, was about to, uh, and then continue with the rest of the podcast and talking about IMG grades. So, um, yeah, enjoy. Right, Mark, thanks for coming on the podcast once again. Thanks for joining us. Um, Lots to discuss, obviously. A bit bit crazy morning, I suppose, across... Across fandom, across Twitter, and all that kind of stuff. So we want to address a few things. Obviously, you want to address a few things from your side. Um, the first thing before we get to the obvious, because you want to touch on this first, is obviously some drone footage and whatever you went around the weekend. Um, there's been a fair bit of flooding uh, around the ground in the last few days, and it's a bit of an issue in terms of flooding. Obviously, straight away people jumped to the environment agency stuff with the ground and all that kind of stuff. Can you just kind of put to bed that kind of stuff and just yeah talk about what happened over the weekend in terms of floods? Yeah. So so. What normally happens when we get a lot of a lot of rain, um, you know, and I'm talking once here when you get the storm coming over, it, it, we hold a little bit of water sometimes in the bottom corner of the main field, which you saw against that Warrington game, and then sometimes because of, of the size of the roof, we get quite a bit of water that, that just holds outside the tunnel area, um, and then it just takes a little bit of a while to go away. So what, what we normally do when that happens is we've got a couple of pumps, we throw a couple of pumps in, in, in there and we just pump it onto the pitch and then the rain stops and everything just catches itself up and, and, it, and it's good to go. So what, what happened this time is we, we came in Friday morning, we you know, obviously had been really hammering it down on Thursday night, we came in Friday morning, um, the water levels were, were, were kind of higher than we've ever seen before. So we got the pumps going, um, I spoke to um, CBR and they dropped us another pump off and then I think um, we got another pump from Smith's Tire, they, they kindly gave us another pump. So we started pumping the, the water onto the pitch from the sort of changing room area around, around that area. 
Um, but it wasn't making much of a, of a dent in, in the water. So we got searched to come in with a, a big tanker and they filled the tanker in about 10 minutes and again, not making much of a dent. So we went outside to see Yorkshire Water who were working outside and they told us that there were some problems with the water treatment plants, which meant they couldn't cope with the capacity, which then meant the drains outside were full, which had caused the flooding at the ha in the gardens of the houses opposite and it caused us to have this, this rainwater in, in where we were. So we spoke to them and they said, um, yeah, just it, it'll subside as the rain stops, it'll all start to subside and it'll go. So we, we'd not got any damage at that point. So we, we kind of took their word for it. I rang Yorkshire Water asking if they could, if they had any tankers that could come in or if there's anything they could do to help. Um, and they just said, advice is let, let the rain subside. So we, um, we left as normal on Friday with, with some flooding, but we could still get about the ground. On Saturday morning, we came back in with the ground staff and, and we had a look and it had risen a bit, but not caused any problems. Again, we contacted Yorkshire Water. We spoke to um, the guys outside who were working for Yorkshire Water who said that the treatment plant's trying to catch up now. He lifted the manhole and said, still the main drains outside were flowing at capacity, so there is not really anywhere for the water to go. Um, said, but the forecast's really good, so it should all be gone, start to disappear this afternoon and overnight. So we made a plan with the ground staff to come back in on Sunday when we, we believed it would all be gone. That would give us time to sweep all the concourse areas, jet wash it and make sure that it was safe for the, the office staff to come in and walk around and any visitors to walk around. So we came down Sunday morning and um, everything was underwater. The whole pitch was underwater, the changing rooms were underwater, the Legends Lounge had gone, the ticket office inside the ground had gone, uh, the safe room had gone, it had gone into accounts, it had gone into the bottom part of the Chairman's Lounge, the medical room, so everything pretty much was underwater. So we went to find out what, what, what had happened and on top of everything else that had gone on, the mains water pipe just a few feet up the road had burst and it pushed everything down uh, into, our, into the main drains outside and pushed everything back out and up into our, into our drains. So uh, as you can imagine, Monday and Tuesday were quite horrific for us trying to deal with that and, and, and get people on site to try and get the water away and, and get everything disinfected and cleaned and, and sorted out. So yeah you'll probably you might have noticed there's still a bit of a damp smell when you've come in here because we, we still need to get the carpet cleaning crew in to, to, to do these from Yorkshire water so so that, that's what's happening it's nothing to do with the river it, it's a freak set of circumstances with the what the pumping station not working to capacity and then um, on top of that the heavy storm and then the main water main, main, main water pipe bursting yeah we just want to kind of get that out of the way first yeah. that was a big talking point obviously over the course of the weekend but obviously that kind of set the background for today's news I guess and obviously everything that's gone on since uh, in, in the few days since so uh, getting on to the main topic of today's conversation which is obviously uh, the illustrative grades for IMG came out this morning uh, at 10am uh, and many cast fans obviously woke up this morning to a score of 12.16 which stacked up against all the other RFL clubs uh, would put us 13th on the ladder and therefore obviously we'd be on the outside looking in yeah. to Super League if the grades were in action today of course they're not for another year uh, I'm sure if you're listening, you've read the statement from the club. I obviously read it this morning, uh, but there's nothing like hearing it in person, I, I guess. And that's why obviously you've asked to come on and we do appreciate that, Mark. Can you kind of talk us through the process, talk us through uh, the issue that the club really has with, with this points total? Ultimately? Yeah. So basically we, we got, um, I'm, I'm going back to around about the 13th of September, I think it was. We got a spreadsheet that needed filling in, which had a, you know multiple lines of, of very complex data that needed to go in. Uh, predominantly around the financial side of things so we we um we filled all the data in we submitted it in um you know there's a lot of backwards and forwards on on, on various bits and pieces as there were with with most clubs 
We then on the Monday morning about 10 o'clock we received a phone call from Tony Sutton saying that the, the gradings were coming out um, they'll be with you at some point later on today so I did say to him apologies if it's a little bit delayed any response from me because obviously we were dealing with the flooding down here it was at his peak on, on the Monday so one o'clock uh, all the servers had gone as well so that, that was causing us some issues to, to access the information online so the, one o'clock I went up had a, had a bite to eat in the office um, I had a quick look on my phone and the grading had come so we we came with a grading of 12.66 and it graded us as, as 11th and I think I've just shown you yeah I've just shown you the email that says there so there's no the, the only detail that we've got on the email it, it says rank 11th Club Castleford Tigers grading B uh, max score 12.66 and it gives you each of the scores for um, performance fandom and, and all the other categories but it doesn't break it down to what you know what what you've got in fandom to make up that score of of you know four point whatever it is for fandom and for the absence of doubt as well i do have that in front of me i know it's yeah. an audio podcast just to confirm i've literally got the screenshot here it's dated 23rd of october uh 10 it came through so yeah, yeah. I, I can see 1266 right yeah. here in front of me so so we got that 12.66 points 11th place so so it was around about where we thought it was i think um, Ross reminded this morning when we came on the podcast before we thought we'd be settled around 12.7 yep. so it's around about where we thought we were we knew we'd increase on fandom because the fandom included cumulative total engagements and website visits so we knew that we'd improve on that from the dummy grade that we got given first but we also knew we'd lost um, you know, some, some of our points on finance because um, it was an updated finance plan and, and we knew we'd lost some points on that so what we gained on fandom we lost on finance so we thought yeah that, that that's bang right that, that's absolutely correct is that so about i think it's 13 minutes past one i sent a, a text message to tony sutton just saying um you know are we going to get the detail behind each of the category scores on the updated on the dashboard because we had a, a dashboard with the previous one on and i didn't get a reply from tony at all to that text message so went back outside we continued to do what we need to do with the, the flooding in yorkshire water um, went home that night, knocked a few emails off while I was at home when I, I got I, I, internet access. Didn't think anything more about the gradings, thinking 12.66 is where we are. So and then on the Tuesday morning we came in, we carried on with the flooding. We got to dinner time, past the, the deadline of one o'clock for any, any changes to be made. Um, we'd not got anything from anybody from the RFL, so we're presuming we're still sat in 11th on 12.66 points. So we started to, to draft... Um, a bit of a statement to, to go out after the grading was released to show where we were and, and where we thought we could get to in 12 months which you know I'm happy to go through with you after I've done this if you want um, so yeah so where, where, we, where we were where we hoped to get to um, and yeah everything was positive we, we knew that a couple of clubs had appealed we knew that um, you know if we, we all talk as clubs so we knew roughly the positions of most people bar one or two and, and we knew, you know, what people were appealing for for missed, you know, missed fractions of points here and there. You know that we would probably still stay in eleventh. So, three thirteen in the afternoon, we'd written this story. We were planning to 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 get it um, put into to the media um, database to go out at quarter past ten this morning. Yeah. So I thought I'll just check. I rang Tony Sutton just to make sure that there'd been no changes at three thirty. Didn't answer the phone. So I sent a text message to, I thought Rodri Jones might know it, uh, Rugby League Commercial, sent a, text, sent a text message to Rodri again, just asking if there's any changes because we're trying to schedule this, this story in. 
didn't get a reply from that so I'm, I'm just presuming obviously very busy guys so you know if they're not getting back to me there's, there's probably nothing to, to concern myself about so then goes home um, making a couple of calls in the evening puts my phone down to somebody see I've got a, a missed call from Tony Sutton who's the CEO of the RFL so I pick the phone up speak to Tony and Tony says oh yeah we've um, really sorry the RFL have made a mistake on the grading so I said right okay what, what what's the mistake so he, Tony said well we've graded you 0.5 too much on one category of finance so your actual grade is 12.16 which means you move from 11th to 13th so that instantly rang alarm bells to me and I said but Tony we, we believe that this score is roundabout correct um, we believe our finance score is roundabout correct you know maybe 0.2 out either way but not 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 to that extent um, I said I did ask you for the detail on Monday um, on a text message and he said oh yeah I did reply to that text message he said just hang on a minute he opened his phone and he said oh sorry the message didn't send <laughs> so we didn't get the detail obviously I got sidetracked and waylaid with dealing with the, the floods and everything else um, so we went through all the details of finance so the RFL had made, made the mistake which we said yeah we agree with that that's, that's not right so that's half a point deducted but then I realised I'd missed, missed one data point out on turnover which was uh, around some grant funding and lottery um, for two for two of the years um, so I, I, I sort of told Tony that's where the mistake was and that you know when he was telling me all the data behind the numbers I sent him all the statutory accounts over from the accountant to, to show where that that was in the accounts you know as we have to prove everything on, on all these kind of things so fully expecting there that actually we've we've got 0.75 points to come and we've lost a half so we look in there thinking right our score is going to go to 12.91 so didn't know if that moved us to 10th or still kept us in at 11th I think looking at this morning I think it, it still would have kept us at 11th but by yep. a very small margin so I was expecting all that to be sorted out at that point um, Tony then said he just needed to, to go away and have a look at it he came back about 40-50 minutes later and said he'd spoken to somebody else on the RFL board and their decision was that we could appeal this but they would be releasing the gradings tomorrow with us as 13th place so obviously we weren't happy with that. I spoke to uh, Simon Johnson, the chairman. He said that they'd got a board meeting the following morning and you know they would look at any suggestions and nothing was off the table. So I, I went back and said, you know, our suggestion is that, you know, your mistake masked our mistake. Um, you know, if you if you had not got your bit wrong to start off with, then then we would have spotted there was an anomaly on finance and we would have, you know, even with the floods going on, we would have you know, dug deeper into that and, and we would have probably rectified that before the deadline. So he, um, I said, we, you know, we would rather you delayed the grading to, to look at this and get it sorted out properly or you just change the grading to, to what it is, you know, where it is and then, then we move on and, you know, we look at it, it's, it's indicative for this year only, so it's not, it's not a major issue, it's just for us, kind of the embarrassment of 13. So, you know, for me, I put my hands up, you know, I, I missed that data line, um, you know, and then the set of circumstances with the floods and the RFL making the mistake, which made it look like the grading was correct for us. I just didn't pick it up then from there. Um, so yeah, so this morning came, um, we got a phone call saying they are they are still um, gonna publish the gradings as they were. So we thought that we needed to put our statement out beforehand because 13th is not a, a true reflection of where we stand. You know, we, we are 12.91 points and, and whether they hear the appeal, well, they, they say they will hear the appeal. Um, I'm not sure why, you know, why they're allowed to change their mistakes at 7:30 the night before, but they won't. Then look at ours. I don't. That that doesn't sit right with me. 
Hmm. Um, I think the statement from the RFL this morning was really poor. I, I think you know the statement didn't mention they'd made a mistake and that we were actually sat at 11th up until the phone call at 7.30 last night. I think it just says that we've submitted some data after the deadline, uh, which I suppose factually is correct, but we've submitted it because their mistake showed up that we need we needed to do that. So kind of that, that, that's where we're at now. We're, we're, I've submitted all the information in the documentation in, um, you know, fully accept and apologise I made that mistake with the data line. Um, you know, I, you know, we're trying to rectify it. Um, you know, our true score is 12.91. So you, if you look at that, where it is on, on, on the grade, I think it puts us at 11th. But, you know, obviously with the work we've got planned in next year, it, it actually looks quite promising for us. Yeah, I think that apology would be appreciated. And as you say, it's just that, it's just an, an annoying set of circumstances, isn't it? Where it's just that embarrassment, as you say. I mean, yeah. obviously, work's been done. Obviously, I spoke to you. I think it was on the thirty-first of August, so a couple of months ago now. And yeah, it is. I mean, you. I mean, as you say, twelve point nine one is, is is higher than obviously yeah. we we even talked about yeah. um, back in August. So the fact that that work's been done and has not actually been realised <laughs> when it's kind of been shown to the world is it, it is a disappointment. And obviously, I mean, obviously, you look at our social media. I'm sure the, the, the club's social media is. Probably ten times worse. Don't be wrong. I, I, I don't look at it today, Ross. I don't look at it today. Yeah, even on the podcast, obviously we've got uh, it's pretty negative, as you can expect, because yeah. that's the thing. It's the PR point of view, it's yeah, perception point of view, and yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that's just not going quite right. And like I said, I think your apology would be very much accepted yeah. and uh, and appreciated. But yeah, it's still not great from an RFL IMG point of view when they're picking things out at half seven the night before this yeah. event, which or this day, which has been talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, and, and it was one of the points I raised. I said it's the biggest thing to happen to rugby league, and and. You know, we accept that you've made an error. Um, you should accept that we've also made an error. And, and you know, if your error not have happened, I, I was being spotted. But the, the the sensible thing to do is either to just correct it or to just sit and wait. You know, it, it's not like we were, you know, we were, we, we, you know, it, it's the positions that's the problem because thirteenth position effectively people see that as not been a Super League club. Yeah. So that 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 that's the issue, and you know, I don't know why it, it made any difference to them to. You know, I don't know what difference it would have made to them to correct it last night and put the correct one in after they'd taken the, the half point out of the mistake they made. I just don't don't understand that. Um, so yeah, so so that, that that's where we're at. So there's an appeal in whether they hear it and whether they do it. I, you know, that that's entirely up to them. But um, yeah. yeah, that's that that's where our score we believe sits. In terms of this appeal, what 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 would we what would be our kind of objective of that appeal? Would we want them to just literally just kind of repost it? And kind of with a new league table, with us literally there, just just for clarity, almost. For the yeah, I think I think it is just it is just for that. It's, it's for clarity whether they, they they say that you know that turnover is not included, which I know it's included in other clubs, so I don't know how they can they can say that that element of of that would be wrong, or whether they just said the submission was too late after the deadline. I, I don't know, you know, what they'll what they'll choose to do. Hopefully, they'll 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 you know read the appeal and they'll see that they've made mistakes on their part as you know and that obviously there's been some real circumstances that have put us under the pump for that sort of two or three days you know either side of the the, the, the grade has been sent to us so hopefully they'll see sense but um yeah we'll, we'll, we'll soon find out uh so yeah from a fan base point of view then just a couple more questions before we let you go and we'll, yeah. we'll carry on ourselves obviously so 12.91 i think if you can, uh, you kind of already have, but if you can kind of confirm 100% or as close to 100% as you can to the fan base and just say, that is what we are, that is what we are currently. Yeah, that, that, that's that, that's where, where we are. Yeah. Um, unless, 
you know, we, we, we've gone through the data that we've submitted, so unless there's another RFL mistake, which I'm pretty sure, sure there won't be after, you know, what we went through last night. Let's so, hope, let's hope. Yeah, so, yeah, we're, we're fairly confident, uh, 12.91. The, the, I, I suppose the thing that, that um, probably gives us the, 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 the most comfort is that, you know, we've started the process now with the council for the £2 million. We've put a plan into them to get that moving now. The, the clubs that are all around, you know, if we're in our true position, which is 11th, the clubs all around us, with the exception of Wakefield, I think we'll probably all have maximum stadium points. So for, for ourselves and, and for our uh, nearest and dearest neighbours, Wakefield, there's probably another point coming yeah. for, for both of us before the end of next season, um, you know, which makes quite a dramatic di difference in there. And then, you know, we've got all the plans for, for sort of gaining other points and fractions of points along the way. Yeah, I mean, obviously the quick maths, 12.91, if we can get the developments in place, that's 13.91. For clarity, Salford Red Devils are currently in 8th on 13.8. And then there's obviously there's a bit of a step up because I think a surprise to some, there were seven grade A teams, obviously including the whole sides in there who have creeped into 15. Um, but yeah, we would essentially, looking at the numbers in front of me, uh, if we were to get the extra point, we'd be the best of the grade Bs, essentially, at that yeah. point in time. As you say, there might be things in place to get us over to grade A, as you say. Um, just and, 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 so you look sorry. at, and you look at, you know, Toulouse, I think a lot of people would be quite shocked with Toulouse in there. Yeah. Um, at, at the position that they're in. But if, if you sort of think where we are 12, if we, you know, if, if the appeal successfully is where 12.91, I think Toulouse 12.97, I think, they from are, memory. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing Toulouse get a full stadium point and also get a full um, a, a point and a half on community. So against like the likes of us and Wakefield, Toulouse have got effectively a stadium and the and the catchment area. You know, yeah. a, a two point start on, on us. So when you look at them again, I don't know if Fev's stadium well uh, stacks up or Bradford Stadium stacks up. But if you put take catchment off of um, you know down to half a point for Toulouse and take stadium off there. You know, they maybe are in the same sort of roundabout figures there as 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 um, you know Featherstone and Bradford. So that that's why for us, you know, for us and for Wakefield and for clubs that are in catchment areas that are you know that are getting really small scores, we have to try and just squeeze every single point and fraction of a point out of everywhere we can. Um, so again, yeah, we, we'll um, yeah the comfort for 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 us really and probably for Wakefield is that everybody around us has got the stadium points or or, or looks like they've probably got the stadium points. Yeah, and I know obviously we touched on this a little bit in our previous conversation, but just to kind of finish off in terms of getting that stadium point. Then just in yeah. kind of layman's terms to someone who's just literally walking into this conversation doesn't have a clue what's going on in terms of the ground. Um, yeah, what are those next steps? Obviously there was uh, it's been mentioned on emails from memberships about potential moves yeah. in the main stand, for example, and potentially uh, there might not be all the seats in there because obviously moving things around. Um, yeah, can you confirm in the next six to 12 months, whatever it be, what those plans really are in place now? Because obviously that is that is the big thing. It's the big thing. Obviously yeah. cast fans are hit with all the time. Obviously the ground is it's the only thing other fans have to really beat us with, really. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's an element, even if we are, even if we get to 12.9, we'll have you. It's still... It's comfy, but it's not comfortable enough. Really, I, I'm not is it? comfortable. So, Listen, twelve point nine one next year, I would not be comfortable. So, I, what I, do I, we have? What do we have in place? So, so we've got so the the stadium. So where the stadium falls down. So there's two there's two elements of it. So there's one element which is your stadium criteria, and then there's another element which is your minimum standards. So in terms of minimum standards, we we fail on a lot of small things on minimum standards. Um, the quite minor things that that we we will address with this you know this this rugby league resilience fund. The major things are we don't have enough seats in the stadium, so it, it, it's 
it's quite an easy one to rectify. So the, there's other bits like the, the studio gantry, I think it used to have to be three meters square and ours is 3.1 meters square. It now has to be four meters square. So it's just a case of taking that down, rebuilding it to a, to a, a, a bigger size realistically. But the big bulk of what we've got to do is we've got to put some padded seats into the main stand, um, which I think the, the 120 quid a piece, I think fitted something like that, the padded seats. So we'll get that boxed off there. Uh, I think we've got to move the director's box back a, a little bit. We've got to put extra press benches in. So all, all these various little elements that have, that have got to, to, to go in will mean that we'll lose some capacity in there, which is why we have to put... We don't think... We think most of that work will be done um, off-season, we would think. So, okay. so literally, as soon as we play the last game, a lot of that work will be done um, straight away in terms of that. So... Um, if there's elements like the padded seats need to go in during the season to tick the box and the director's box needs to be moved during the season to tick the box, we'll do that. But the rest of the, the, the stuff in there, we'll do that right at the end of the season. But obviously, we already don't have enough seats, so reducing that by even more seats then means that we need to find space for more seats and they've got to be undercover. So we've got two options, really, for undercover seats. In, you know, We don't want to... What we've got to be careful is we don't want to blow the budget of the two million pound on something that's not going to contribute to the main plan, if yeah. that makes sense. But we know we're going to have to spend a slight amount of that to get us to the Super League standards that we need to get to, which will be the you know the plan is the main stand will eventually come down, but we might have to spend you know seventy or eighty thousand pound on that stand to get it to the standard it needs to do. Maybe one hundred and fifty to be fair on that to get it to the standard it needs to be, um, and then when that. You know, the funding comes through for the development that, that will go down anyway at that point so you've got two places where you can put seats undercover to, to hit your criteria one is Weldon Road one is Princess Street so I think probably the common sense one would be to put them in Princess Street I think you know Weldon Road does, doesn't work with seats seats in it there so we, we've got um, pricing to, to do you know a, a half of Princess Street or you know the full Princess Street or the bottom or the top of Princess Street and it's it, it's not bad money to be fair I think we're probably looking at 85 to 100,000 just to seat the foot the whole of Princess Street somewhere in that region so that then ticks that that then ticks that box um, a couple of other little minor things we need to do and then all of a sudden we're in the realm of one and a half points for stadium right. um, then depending on where we are we, we have got in our big master plan the big screen and a couple of other bits and pieces so once we get the stadium issues ticked on this two million pound what we'll do with that then is We'll keep doing the rest of the external work that needs doing to try and make the stadium look a little bit better. Um, you know, it might start ongoing during the season. It's not going to be anything for points ticking, but it's part of the big program. And then, obviously, what we would hope to then be left with is the big bulk of money comes in when the funding comes in, and then everything gets gets redone at that point. So, yeah, so that that, that that's where we are. So I think you'll start to see changes probably during the season, um, and then. Obviously, there'll be quite big changes at the end of the season, and then bigger changes then when the you know when the planning's I think the planning's due to go in, in January now, not November like we first hoped. So January, so I think you know we're probably it's got to get funding then before it gets you know put down to us. So I, you know that might be a year, two, three years. It could be whatever it is to get that done. Right. Okay. So we'll we'll strike we'll strike during this season to make it right. Yeah, I was going to say, and that, my final part on that was just yeah. Do is there an indication on kind of that kind of deadline for that twenty twenty five? Great. It's going to be in terms of the, in yeah. terms of the stadium, for example. So I think what the what what the plan is, um, as soon as the last game of the season, I think they're going to start collating it. Right. 
Because um, I know they've said about it's got they've got to basically be able to see it. <laughs> I, know, yeah. I know they've said this kind of it was a bit airy fairy, don't get yeah. me wrong, but rather than like they don't want to see plans, they just want to see literature, so they want to see seats in the yeah, stand, yeah, for they'll, example, they'll, so. yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing that obviously. You know, this year we we filled we self audited on a number of seats and everything else, but we not on the financial side. We had to supply the information on the financial side, but on on, on things like seats and size of your TV gantry, we self audit on that. I'm pretty sure somebody will be around counting the seats, measuring the gantries and everything else yeah. at some point next year. Um, oh, sorry, the other thing I missed off is is floodlight lux capacity. So we need to we think we probably need to put extra 150 lux on. But if you have a look at the floodlights, there is extra space on each of the columns to drop two or three depending on which column it is two or three extra bulbs on it so again that'll, that'll be something that'll be done probably during the season well thanks for that obviously no you've problem. talked through an, an awful lot and I appreciate you asking to come on to kind of explain your piece and on it and it certainly it makes sense to me uh, at least obviously we're going to have a little chat Do if you are listening to the podcast don't stop now <laughs> we are, we are going to continue talking after this and talk about grading on the whole uh, but yeah thanks Mark and if you've just got like one final thing so obviously there's a lot of obviously hopefully less disappointed off the back of the last 15-20 minutes but if you've got one final thing to kind of speak say to these cast fans who obviously woke up got to 10 o'clock and probably thought the sky was falling what would be the yeah. final thing you want to say to well, these fans first of all a huge apology from me I, you know, I will put my hands up and say that we missed that um, there were circumstances around it but you know we, our true true sort of number that we believe is 12.91 um, you know we, we feel we're confident that we'll be into 14 points by the end of next season um, what what will separate us from the 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 high you know the low high mid fourteens will be performance you know that that's what will what will differentiate us so we wanted to get to a base of at least you know fourteen three something like that maybe fourteen five next year um, fair wind we might get to the fifteen and then beyond that then we've you know if we get onto a base that we've got a firm plan then and the redevelopment fully comes we've got a firm plan then to move on to to uh, fifteen points in a grey day thank you very much yeah no problem cheers. Well, that was interesting. Very interesting. Wasn't it? Um very candid, very open, very honest. Yeah. Is how I would kind of review that. Yeah, I I would say so. And um I mean I already know the comments before we put this oh, episode out and before anyone's listened to the episode before anyone's listened to that. Obviously, we've seen the tweets this morning. It's very much uh, we're, we're back to set the board. We're back to we're back to yeah. grant out. Um, couldn't run a bath. All that kind of stuff. Um, one thing I would give Mark absolute well, two things I'd give Mark absolute complete credit on is the fact he's done that. The fact yeah. he's, he's literally yeah. rang us up. He knows. I mean, obviously, it's a bit of an indictment on us as well. Obviously, clearly, we're viewed as a bit of a platform, which is good. Um, but the fact he knows. I mean, we had thirteen hundred listens, I think, to the original pod, mm. the original episode. So. There's a fair few that can listen to that. He was willing to, on pretty much two hours' notice, set himself up and you know provide evidence and everything and kind of speak to us about that. And secondly, uh, he'd give a pretty candid apology, which was needed, wasn't it? It was needed. It it was, and I feel like him holding his hands up to the information that the, the club had obviously missed sending in. Yeah. Yes, but it also it just levels out the error that RFL and Arrow Commercial made. On the grading as well. That's all it would have done, uh, sort of initially. But I feel like him coming on here, as you say, two hours notice. I, I know you said before. I hope you don't mind me saying you were in bed I when, was. You got, when you took the phone call. It's my week off. <laughs> I'm mine. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't plan that either, by the way. We 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 just seemed to drop on having the same week off. Um, 
but yeah, so it was kind of a weird conversation to have first thing on a morning when you woke up. It was not what I expected, <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. So for him to come and put himself out and put kind of his neck out there to talk to us, to inform fans of exactly what's gone on, yeah. talk us through what's gone on over, over the last sort of week, week or so when, he, when they've been having conversations back and forth, he's, he's great, I think. And it's really pleasing to see that the club are wanting to be open, are wanting to get this information across. Yeah, it won't be enough for some, and I get that. No, I, absolutely. I completely get that. I mean, obviously, there's it's been a tough year across the board, on field, off field, whatever. And I think there are some people who've probably washed their hands uh, yeah. to a certain extent of the current administration. I, I understand it to a certain degree. Um, I don't think it's necessarily right, and I think you've got to base everything on a lot of facts, and a lot of that's based on not facts. Um, but yeah, I, I do think he's he's shown a lot of bottle really <laughs> coming and coming on and doing that, and um, yeah, just clearing everything up and. Yeah, there's, there's some interesting stuff in there. There's some interesting stuff in there. Obviously, the first and foremost is obviously we, we've missed we've missed a data point. We've missed by the sounds of it a line in a spreadsheet. Yeah, uh, that's all it is. Essentially, which is what it's come down to. I mean, people have talked about before. Where has the sport come to when it's been just determined by a league position? You know, whether you're in the Super League or Championship, has been determined by a line on a spreadsheet. Yeah. But quite literally, that's where we are at the very first grading um, grading milestone, which is a, a wild thing. Um, but yeah, it's kind of shot, shone a light, I think, on the whole process and more to the point the people that are running the process uh, I think which is maybe not the best uh, if I'm honest and I'm not just talking about the club I'm talking about our commercial the RFL IMG or the, let's be honest the offshoot of IMG which is actually running yeah. this it's not we're not we haven't got the big dogs we've talked about that before um, I mean what is remarkable and I, I have I think we alluded to it on the on the uh, interview section of this podcast I do have a screenshot of the email in front of me right now it is dated 23rd of October 2023, 10.54, presumably AM, uh, to Mark Grattan. It's from Robert Hicks. It's from uh, Tony Sutton, uh, first and foremost, who is, I believe, CEO. CEO. Uh, yeah. Of the RFL. Um, and right in front of me, it says, rank 11, club, cast for Tigers, category B, 12.66. And it said at the top, the club grade now comes to 2023, have now been determined. So how can it be... <laughs> in my opinion how can it be that on Monday and as Mark alluded to again uh, stuff started getting collated in September so it's been a good Lovely. month month and a bit how can it be that on Monday only two days ago yeah. they looked at all this data that had been compiled weeks and weeks and weeks ago and they went yeah 12.66 done sorted and the club therefore went yeah that's pretty much what we calculated to therefore we're 11 pretty comfortable with that at the moment how do you then get to a half seven phone call on a Tuesday night saying, oh, actually, half a point, we've had another look and it's half a point less. Should that first look have not come before Monday? It's it's not a great look for a system that a lot of fans are not bought into mm. yet. For the first set of gradings to come out and there be these sorts of questions and these sorts of errors, yeah, that's what strikes me first and foremost. The faith... Some fans, some fans will have in this system and belief in it, will just go straight out the window, yeah. Because the, it's clearly not been done correctly initially. So what are we going to be like when we go twelve months down the line when these grades matter, and it's going to be a case of people's livelihoods, club survival, which certain clubs could not make Super League. 
next year, and that'll be them. That will be their existence gone. Hopefully not, yeah, yeah. but it could quite easily be. Certainly, as a full time outfit. Exactly, and then yeah. it's people's jobs, not only players, but off field staff, and everything. And if it's come down to an error, what does that say about the sport? Yeah, the, the, you've got to, if you're going to go into this kind of system, there's got to be absolute maximum trust. There's got to so, be so I much think, clarity. I think we talked about it before on an episode about we were talking about the social media numbers, for example. Yeah. And it's wider than just that. That's just a very small section of the whole grading criteria, the whole 20 points. But we talked about the auditing process, didn't we? And how difficult and strenuous that would be uh, from from an organisation to do that. I I don't think they are doing that. (laughs) I think that's the problem. I don't don't think there is um, independent audits uh, of this kind of stuff. I mean, Mark just said a lot of this stuff is uh, is being provided by the club. He he does suspect that the people here next year kind of overseeing it a little bit more and making it a little bit more uh, a little bit more watertight but you know this is this is the first example of this isn't it it's the first example of the grading and there's been errors on both sides and like I say he's hold his hand up the club's made an error as well yeah but should it be the up to the club <laughs> I almost feel like it shouldn't be up to the club to, the club it shouldn't even be put in a position to make these errors no. to be honest in my opinion and the fact that there's been a very clear error and half a point's nothing small half no. a point's pretty pretty hefty the fact an error has been made on the IMG side as well, and that's the only reason we've even discovered our error, and it's only been picked out a night before. It, it's rough. It, 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 it's, it's a bad look, in my opinion. It's a really, really bad look for this system, and he's not named names or anything like that. And obviously, he wouldn't want to do that because you know, he just wouldn't. But it's also been alluded to. This is not the first appeal. It's the first appeal no. that's in the press. Yeah, but there is other teams that have had these appeals. Other teams have had issues with their grading, yeah. which they've gone back out and gone actually no this should be this and that change has been amended our change has not been amended yep. so I can completely understand Mark's frustration on that as well um, that clearly the only reason that I think they can possibly give is just timing uh, they just literally couldn't turn it around in what 12 hours or whatever it was 15 hours uh, before the announcement because the announcement was nailed in for 10 o'clock yeah. but why? And also, why are you only telling them at half past seven the night before that there's an issue to even be amended? It's it's a bit fishy, isn't it? I, I, I'll say it. It's a yeah. little bit fishy. There seems to be certain teams in and around us that have maybe benefited from that grading. Uh, maybe the Arrow, Arrow Commercial, RFL, IMG maybe wanting less backlash. Is there an element, do you think, of they wanted to... They knew they made the arrow of Cass. Yeah. Is a lot of their reasoning, do we think, why they've not changed it for this morning? Because obviously all the club would have been privy to this as well. Yeah. Have they just been looking at what the headline would be yes. this morning? I, it, it begs the question, definitely. You've got to think that way of... And everybody can see, we can see that team that's in, in 12th. Obviously, it's Lee. Yeah. That's a team that has just won the Challenge Cup. Has just finished in the playoffs. Had a really good season. Obviously, Derek Belmont pumps in a lot of money. He's very outspoken, mm-hmm. very vocal in not only the press, but obviously on social media. Is there a bigger story if Lee are 13th than if Cass are 13th? I think it's an enormous story because I think Cass being in 13th, we're outraged because we're Cass fans. Yeah. There's fans of 11 other clubs and arguably 34 other clubs in the RFL that go, yeah, yeah. 
I can see Makes that sense. because they look around the ground. We're in the ground now, and we've spoke quite candidly about the ground. You look yeah. around, you look around the place, and you go, "Looks a bit championship." Doesn't it, it does. If we're being honest, so I, there's a lot of clubs who probably don't look, don't love coming to Cast and just probably look at us and go, "Well, the investment's maybe not quite there. They're mm-hmm. not doing what OKR are doing. Some of these other clubs." So they probably look at us in 13th and that's probably not a big deal to them and they go, oh, that's, that is what it is and we're probably a, a team that's quite easy to kind of look down on and laugh yeah. at as well. And especially after the season on the field that we've just had as well. Yeah, of course, of course. If <laughs> if this amend, which we've just been told 100% is to be made yeah. and therefore we will be in 11th and he's given us a, a guarantee that I asked him to say 100% we're on 12.91. Mark Grant's just said yes. yes. So that's quite a thing to hang it out on. If this if this amend had been made last night and then this grading table had come out this morning look with a slightly different look, we were in eleventh, Wakefield are in twelfth, and as you say, the Challenge Cup winners who've just pumped a load of money into it, a thirteenth. Yeah. That's huge. That is a huge, it's huge story. And also you could argue I, I personally won't say it necessarily is because I mean the criteria's been there in black and white all along. But a lot more people will be saying that's an indictment on ING. That's the system doesn't work yeah. because how can they have a season like that and be knocked out that's a problem isn't it that's a big problem well we can talk about it in a different well in aspects of a different team as well about IMG not working London Broncos are 24th in that table yeah yeah we can look at that now and go well they're not going to be in Super League in 2024 2025 2025 apologies are they no and it's no matter what they do they literally go on the maddest run ever with their part-time players, no Northern players in their team, yep. go and win the treble, they're have a great a, season, and they'd be no, nowhere near. They're in a situation, and if, if you don't believe us, because people don't, a lot of people haven't looked at the handbook and the criteria itself, and I understand that, I do, but I would. <laughs> I would look at it, because what I'm about to say doesn't make any sense if you don't look at the handbook, but it really does. Mm. London Broncos could probably sell out Plough Lane every single week yeah. with however much it holds, 15,000, whatever it is. As you say, they could win the treble next year. They could win the Super League, win Challenge Cup. They could go and beat Penrith. Yeah. Those two those two or three things wouldn't be enough to make no. them the 12th team in the Super League next no. year because they just wouldn't have enough on the balance sheet. They just wouldn't have enough in many of the other kind of areas. And... It's one of those things, isn't it? but again, uh, we've talked about it by MG as well, and it, it's tough with us in our situation because we have to look at 2025 in a sense, because you say it, you, clubs in our situation, in, in money, financial situations, have to look a little bit short term, and yeah. being in Super League is massive for us. But we're guilty of the problem we kind of brought up a few weeks ago in the sense that this is a long-term thing, yeah. and it's, it's, it's okay in a sense that London can't get in in 2025. In any kind of normal circumstance, in any kind of normal sport, which was a little bit more financially secure, it does make sense. And actually what they should be aiming at is, let's try and get Super League in five, six years' time. Mm. Because then they can start really trying to build yeah. something. They can build start more stuff in the community. can actually find a real home in London, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But the game isn't. It doesn't have the facility for that, no. I don't think, does it? No. And I think it's oh. one of those ideas, like I say, we've got this on the offshoot of IMG, I'm sure. Bright young things have got yeah. this idea in yeah. the head, and I get it. But I think the problem with IMG from the start is there's there's a, a misunderstanding of where the club is at, where the, sorry where the sport oh, yeah. actually is. is, and it just doesn't have the infrastructure. Apart from those top seven clubs, we've got grade A's, and we'll talk about those in a sec. Yeah. Apart from those top, top seven clubs, genuinely the other what twenty eight 
I don't think they've got the infrastructure to no. kind of make this sustainable, do they? Not really. Not really. As you say, outside them top seven, it's it's a bit of a... Uh, it's a free-for-all, isn't it? Yeah, basically. And especially outside... You look at the grading, you look after the top 14. Because it is, it, there's kind of the top seven, yeah. then it's pretty close between eight to 14, all within sort of a point, point and a half of each other. Yeah. But then there's another big drop-off to 15 for, um, and Featherstone. And then it is you sort of teams that are in and around the same level in the championship. Look, what, Featherstone, Widnes, York, Newcastle are in there. Obviously, we know, we know their problems. But like, like said, Barrow, Halifax, Batley, Sheffield, I'm literally just running down the list. Yeah. And they're all in, in and around that same level that, where we probably could have guessed ourselves. Yeah. And it's like, we, we can sit there and go, well, we knew they weren't going to be in and around challenging for Super League. We knew the names that had been in and around the top 14, 15 teams. And it's come as no surprise. But where's the future for these teams outside of that? Yeah. Outside of that top 14, 15, where's the future? What's the ambition and where are they going to be able to pick up these points? Is there an aspiration for the club to be in Super League? I think the example would be York Knights. Yes. Wouldn't it? I'm looking at those in 17th. Yeah. York are maybe not to the degree of a London or a Newcastle, but they are still... That, that horrible word expansion but they, they yeah. kind of are to an extent yeah. in the sense that they've got a big city around them that they, uh, they grade very well on catchment they'll get the full one and a half points I think on uh, the catchment because they've got the whole city of York to go at and obviously they're the only club in there presumably because the LNER community stadium is very good they're getting full marks for stadium I would have thought or pretty pretty close, close I'd say the, 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 at the least cup. It's pretty new. It's very nice stadium. Yeah, Obviously, I, they don't have, I don't know if they have a, state, uh, a screen and like a couple of the little kind of. They used it for but, the uh, World Cup, some World Cup games. Yeah, yeah. So clearly, it's a, it's a well thought of stadium as any. Uh, yeah, any I'll, sense. I would imagine, but you'd look at York and you'd say, what are their um, positives? And yeah. you'd say Catchment Stadium. Yeah, really, definitely. If, if you looked at it. So presumably they score very highly than that. It's a shame as well, and a, a, a separate part of this is we're only getting a score rather than an actual breakdown yeah, of where they're scoring, we, we which is that. clearly that is available because I'm seeing Cassas in front of me on a piece of paper which was sent to the clubs, well, yeah. an element of it. Um, but that's not made public, which again doesn't sit really well. But you've got a team like York. They're scoring 10.05. Lee a 12.45. So they're going to have to make up 2.4 points just to become the 12th team. Yeah. And as we've alluded to, Cass are actually higher, so actually it would be 12.52, so it'd be Wakefield's score that after yeah. to succumb. As Mark just talked about, Wakefield are on the verge of getting an extra point for the stadium, so they'd actually be 13.52. Yep. So all of a sudden, all these teams are moving up. So actually, the benchmark would probably be Toulouse, who are 10.97. 12.97. Oh, sorry, 12.97. That's almost three whole points. York, A team like York, who I've viewed as someone who really benefit from this, they've got to make up nearly three whole points just to get 12th in uh, Super League. And, and that, they've already got their bread and butter. Yeah, and this is the 2023 grades before a lot of these clubs start playing IMG ball. To lose a perfect example, if they've been in the Championship, they're going to they're presumably going to get a better score next year yeah. purely off uh, TV viewership and various things and just more turnovers. And we've so. just heard from Mark, obviously, around our grade and where we're looking to get to. We're looking at sort of next year being in and around the top 13, low 14 marks. Yeah. And we'll likely be, what, looking at these grades, probably 10, 11, 12, 
in and around that grade. So you're going to be looking at a score of 14 points to even get into Super League and not even be 100% secure. Hmm. So the teams like York, by the end of next year, are going to have to get four points. It's impossible. It's absolutely outrageous. It's impossible. And again, it's one of those things where, as a long-term view, you'd really look at York and go, well, that's in order to get those four points... Split across however it is. Obviously, a lot of that has to come through finance, you'd imagine. Yeah, um, you'd expect. Obviously, playing-wise, obviously, they're going to have to win the championship. Yeah. They're going to have to yeah. get, but there's only so many points. There's only so many points available for winning the championship for 1895 Cup. It's not that many. You probably look at a team like York and they go, to make up those four points, which might even end up being five. Obviously, it will end up being five as more yeah. teams get grade A. Yeah. You're probably looking at 10 years, it's, minimum. And it's just, that's fine. And like I said, I, I get it, but... Is our teams like York, with the investment that needs to be ploughed in during that 10 years, still going to be getting that investment in 10 years? Yeah. I, I can't say for sure. Will, uh, will these money men stay around? Yeah. And I mean, and they're not sort of money men in the sense that football money men no, come no, in no, no, and no. plough billions It's local in. businessmen, it's not. It's it's not like yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, we're not flying people from Saudi Arabia no. and Qatar to buy these. Exactly. Things, you know? I mean, it's local businessmen. Wakefield, for example, it's a local yeah. businessman essentially. Yeah. They don't have endless. They've got money. The millionaires don't. Yeah, wrong, they're but they very well off. Endless money. Yeah. I won't mind being a pound behind them. No. But still, they're not going to come in and completely turn everything around and turn the whole lifespan of um, the whole rugby league world on its head. Yeah. By being able to pump billions in, it's especially, be, and that, that's the thing as well. I said, so I said, they're going to hang around for at least five, ten years, really, with like consistent uh, investment, investment, consistent cons- investment, whether that be quarter of a million a year, half yeah. a million a year, it adds up. And that's got to translate to on the field performance to get those points, and that's got to then translate into we all we've all seen the sort of breakdowns into academy sides, into reserve sides, into sort of women's. PDRL, LDRL. All the while. These inclusivity yeah. points. All the while, this investment, which the local businessmen who thought fair play are putting in, they're going to give return, on, well, almost no return on yeah. that investment because they're going to be playing in a competition in the championship, which is, in, although it's quite a good league for a rugby league fan, it's very unattractive on the grand scheme of things. Don't Doesn't currently have a TV deal, I don't think. No, for next not year. at the now, moment. Now by play have gone. And you're expecting people to pump all this money into yeah. a competition that no one outside of maybe 100,000, 100,000 people care about. It, it's very, very difficult. And I, again, I just think we had to do something, I think, as a game, which I think is where we've kind of landed with yeah. the IMG stuff. But I, I just don't know if the people who put this in place have kind of understood the real severity that the sport is in, to be honest. It, it, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, do we want to dig into cast properly in terms of what, what was said? So, yeah, yeah some, let's go. There's some extra little bits as well, obviously. So, just for those, just to wheel back. So, 12.16 at the moment. We've had 100% confirmation. We're actually 12.91. That was put as in 10th, uh, sorry, 11th, uh, ahead of Wakefield Trinity and Lee Leopards. As we suggested, Lee Leopards probably not in the best situation at the moment. They probably need a good year in the field yeah. uh, in order to keep that up, which again is a bit of a mad one, but that's, that's just the nature of the beast. Us and Wakefield, probably not in a terrible situation in the no, sense that these ground improvements give us a whole extra point, make us a little bit less comfy there. What was nice, and I, and I put it on his toes a little bit about 12.91 still not being good enough, and he admitted that, and that yeah. was good. Um, yeah, good to hear in terms of ground improvements that are at least kind of 
quotes are being had and we're, we're just speaking to people about putting things into place. Um, what was interesting is it doesn't seem much is going to be done until at least middle of next season. Mm. I must admit, I kind of assumed it would be this off-season. Uh, we'll be starting it. to do things, so that is a little bit... Yeah, what's your take on that? A little bit worrying, especially with sort of... if. We need to get permission in any way, sensor form. I have to get him back in. I wish I'd asked him that. Yeah, <laughs> because that's the interesting thing, and obviously we've yeah. all seen it with the ground of how long permissions taking to get things done. It's a bit of a different beast. Comp- I would imagine minor changes are minor anyway, changes yeah. should yeah. be okay. Yeah, putting seats in, it's already there. We're not ripping a stand out and completely rebuilding it. We're just, as I'm guessing likely be taking the Princess Street stand and putting a load of seats in it. Yeah. Just to f- reach the qu- reach the criteria. That's the vibe I got, yeah. It's it's good to see that we've got plan B rolling. Yeah. It's obviously the plan B that he spoke to you in the first interview about if we weren't going to get this ground initially, we've got these uh, these plans in place to get us to that minimum criteria to reach these points and to put us in a better stead going forward ahead of 2025 and these these gradings. But I agree with you. I'd have thought something would, uh, a lot of these changes would have been taking place this off-season. Hmm. I, mean, I asked about a deadline, didn't I? And there wasn't really an answer to deadline. Hmm. And I, I do wonder whether that's because there isn't a deadline currently. And I don't, that's the thing. I, I've heard contrasting things again about yeah. when these 2025 grades are going to be in place. The original thought, which I, I saw, I thought from quite a credible source as well, was we'd know the 2025 teams around kind of August time next year, 2024. But clearly some of these positions around 12, 13, 14 are going to be close no matter what. Yeah. So league position is going to be important to that, isn't it? So how can you possibly lock it in? In August. In August, because you're going to have to go to at least September, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the end of the year or even October. Again, it's just a bit wishy-washy from RMG, isn't it? So... The vibe I got is we're going to do things to a time scale which we set. Yeah. So I'm not overly worried about. I don't think we're going to miss that deadline. You make your own jokes about missing deadlines, on, <laughs> <laughs> on especially, going. especially today. Yeah. Um, I he seemed pretty comfortable like that, and I, I was pretty comfortable in what he was saying in the sense that at least, yeah, the plans are not just on paper necessarily. They have conversations being had. I mean, it clearly helps when yeah. you know we've got the boss of CBI engineering and companies like that on the board of directors. Clearly. <laughs> Uh, we're not going to be paying an absolute premium some of this stuff I imagine as well and there'll be a few favours done so there's things that can be done um, I mean if you're a, you know, a fan of another club listening to this podcast you'll go why didn't that happen 10 years ago I would say I agree good point <laughs> <laughs> absolutely should have been done 10 years ago uh, or even longer but at least they seem to be in place and at least yeah I mean you said that they'd already got prices for various things and then that's, that's a step on from where we were uh, six yeah. weeks ago uh, which is positive and it does seem we are going to put those things in place and we're not going to risk getting to whatever this deadline is and them not being an IMG official to come down and go, well, you've got no seats, so you're out super league. If it's just going to cost us 100 grand, like you said, then it's an absolute no-brainer. Just get in as quick as you can. As you say, I'm no expert on building. No, <laughs> me neither. So I don't know uh, in terms of kind of... How long it'll take. Permissions as well, as you say. I mean, I imagine Jeez. there'll be some level of planning permission to do things like that. People listen to this will be thinking, you absolute idiot. Yeah, X, Y, and Z. I don't know. Uh, so please do let us know if, you actually, if you're in the trade and you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it would seem it is relatively minor changes in the grand scheme of things uh, to kind of move some seats over there. And maybe you don't need necessarily that much permission. I mean, there has been minor changes to the ground over the years, which have just happened in the off-season, uh, which have not needed 
anything kind of big uh, in terms of the council. So let's hope that's the case. Um, obviously, more disappointing news in terms of the, the overall development. Um, January. January, probably at the earliest. I mean, it was going to be March. So, I mean, we'll just see. <laughs> I think at that point, and I do have some... I do have some sympathy with the club uh, on that one in the sense that it is completely out of our hands. It is, and, and that's, I think, something that fans maybe need to take on a little bit, that, yes, the club want to move forward with this, the club want to see this put yeah. through and put to... The club aren't building it. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we are a bit at the mercy of when the council are going to kind of review it. Yeah. I've a seen a bit. few comments, for example, about oh, are the club going to like, pull the finger out and sort the environment agency thing. The club aren't architects. The club aren't no. the ones building it. It's the developers who have been presumably commissioned by Axiom who are in charge of this. And look, their timescale probably doesn't coincide with the IMG grading. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're, they're probably more interested in the, the, the massive warehouses that yeah. can pull them glass out and that's their real priority. We've said before, at the middle, this would be an absolute bolt in the blue, really. If this, if this stand happened, if what Axiom have promised actually happened it'd be unbelievable really because essentially we'd get a 12 million pound investment for absolutely nothing yeah we, we've always said which that which is great but there's nothing the club could do <laughs> there's nothing the club could do we, the club was used as a pawn originally to mm. get that land up with us out and in the first place we used the pawn essentially but we allowed yeah. ourselves to be used the pawn because why would we not we were going to get a brand new stadium yeah, there, there's never been any negative, really. Um, for the club, absolutely not. For the club, not. no. We, we associated ourselves and we went, well, the only potential upside of this is we either get a ground up there or we get a development because they're just using us because they'd never get that land otherwise. No. Um, so, yeah, it would just be uh, feel like a Christmas present, wouldn't it, if it actually got made, if it actually, got, it actually went through and got done. Yeah, we just need to think of this plan B. Uh, in the meantime, he said potentially two, three years it could be down the line because that's the thing you've got to assume Axiom have got the same amount of money they had three four years ago a lot's happened in three or four years I'm, I'm sure they're not skint and they can afford the 12 or 14 million whatever it might be but things change building costs are up all that kind of thing so we really just have to focus on this plan B at the time being I think and that's what that's the vibe I'm getting anyway the thing is for me is what will the minimum criteria be for a stadium in two to three years what other changes will we need and other investment will we need to pump into the ground over those two to three years to keep our ground at that minimum criteria to make sure that we get those points to make sure that we stay within Super League I think the key word there is investment isn't it yeah the key word there is investment Um, you know we talked about in the previous interview of him there was potential maybe looking down the um, the the crowdfund route Um, he, he said at the time there was People involved, uh, people involved in conversations. Um, I know for a fact I've you know been involved in conversations with people speaking about naming names in terms of people yeah. who've um, been interested in, in, in getting involved in the club. We've said before it's more a matter of making sure they've got the best interest of the club at heart. Yeah, I think I said in a recent podcast we could probably sell it tomorrow if we wanted to. Oh, quite easily. You could you could sell the club for a quid tomorrow. You really could because they'd be able to just uh, they'd be able to pay off um, pay, pay off Ian Fulton uh, the loan obviously that his dad lent to the club. The problem is, as soon as it starts losing money, you don't know if that person's just going to go, ah, well, I'll sell that ground for houses, yeah. and then make a nice little four or five hundred grand profit on it. It's it's really, really difficult, but there does have to be some kind of investment somewhere, because I think you're completely right on the ground. These goalposts are going to keep moving. Constantly. And they should, to a degree. I, 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 yeah. don't, I don't disagree with that. I don't think it's a matter of... <laughs> I don't think we could really 
as a club sleep at night and go, well, we've put some we've put some seats in the Princess Street <laughs> Strand. What are you talking about? It's like job done. Yeah, it's like it's like the Tottenham Stadium. It's, it's <laughs> Realistically, we can't do that. Um, so yeah, we will probably probably will be in the next few years just kind of scrambling just to make sure we hit that lowest standard. But it's money, isn't it? It's all money. Um, it's a lack of. Thankfully, we've got that two million pound. Uh, Rugby League Resilience Fund, which Mark has told us they are in the process of receiving yeah. uh, from the council now. Obviously, it's been locked away in some some fund somewhere. Uh, yeah. We are now getting that from the club, uh, from the council. So at least that that is the money that is going to be used to put the things in place. That's what gives me confidence that at least this minimal stuff which we need will actually be done yeah. in the next twelve months because we're literally receiving the money. And once you've received the money from the council, if you don't spend that money, they're going to want it back. Yeah, so you, exactly. you might as well just spend it. Let's be honest. <laughs> Um, so I do think that'll happen, but I think you're right. Yeah, two, three years down the line, four or five years down the line, the money is eking out of the game. Simple as that. He really said is. before we started recording, it's pretty common knowledge anyway. You know, we were looking at two million, two point one million central funding, um, just kind of five years ago. It's now down to one point three. That's Which is a, a, a seven hundred grand shortfall. I mean, if you listen to this, whatever line of work you're in. Think about seven hundred thousand pounds. <laughs> it's it's a lot of money. Just I know, I know, disappearing. Yeah, I know. We talk about it in sport, and you look at football and everything like that. Seven hundred grand is nothing. You pay that to a youth player, but it's in a sport like ours. Oh, on, this is a very working class sport. Put it in working class terms. Seven hundred grand is a lot of money. It's so much money. Um, I mean, it's pretty much if you include the debt. What is it? Twenty five percent. What the club's worth? Basically, it, it, it's an awful lot of money to just kind of just go. Yeah. Uh, out of year the, on year, out of your investment on the year, um, and people talk about you know the squad we've put together next year and all these kinds of things and like the cost cutting. Look, people can say that the board or whatever or the club is being tight. People can say the same about Salford because they are saying the same about Salford. They're, oh, they're just being tight. They're just oh, they're, they're, I hate that term, but that penny pinching. That, yeah, <laughs> no one's pinching any pennies because there's no pennies to pinch. Not really. <laughs> no money. That, that's the problem. The clubs are, are simply knowing that this grading's coming on, knowing that there's certain areas they can hit. Um, what I thought was interesting with what Mark said as well when he talked about potentially getting to 14 points potentially uh, next year uh, which would probably put us 8th by the way in terms of um, uh, in terms of the grading maybe ninth, depending on what Wakefield do um, he, he kind of dismissed the off-field stuff didn't he? Uh, on-field so yes. and he went that would be in spite of what we did on-field Yeah. people don't want to hear that don't no. be wrong people don't want to hear that because people want to buy season tickets they want to enjoy the rugby I think they will enjoy the rugby down here to a certain degree I don't think they're going to enjoy too many wins necessarily hopefully I'm wrong hopefully um, but I think it would certainly be a better watch than it was last year and the, the problem we've got is that that fans and people in rugby league will look will see a comment like that that'll probably end up in serious about rugby league or whatever it might be uh, as a headline and they'll go ah oh, well Cass are thinking about on field what they're doing yeah. Cass have got to put a team in the field look at look at what we've been given look at what we've been given as a sport the sport itself is deprioritizing what's on the field. Yeah. So to prioritize what's on the field as opposed to everything else, that's negligence, isn't it? Yeah. And it's it gives us no guarantee of his future. No. Unfortunately, at this moment in time, the on-field stuff is not as important because it's, it's it's such a small makeup of this this grade that's going to give us our future in Super League. If we perform well, then great. Yes, it's going to help us. Yeah. But we're trying to make sure that even if things don't go well on the field, we're still secure and we've got that future. I think the fact remains at the minute, and it's a sad reality, but it's where the sport is. Yeah. 
putting 500 seats in the Princess Street stand <laughs> is now more important than any amount of wins we're going to get next year. It really, it, 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 really tan- is. it tangibly is because yeah. that might give us a whole extra point in IMG. Whereas us winning the league next year might only give us 0.5 extra, yeah. <laughs> which is, it's bizarre, isn't it? But that's that's where we're at. That, 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 that's, the, that's the playing field we've been given, uh, if you excuse the pun. <laughs> but, um, and look, and I, look, fans won't like that. People listen to podcasts won't like that. I don't like that. If I'm honest, we don't want to be here, do we? No. The amount of conversations I've had over the last sort of 12, 18 months talk, about, talking to people about this grading that's coming in, and I'll be honest, I've defended it in the thought of, oh, when we get some initial grading and we see it in a league table, it'll be clear, it'll be concise information for Joe Bloggs off the street to understand who is a casual fan, Yeah, which I think is what was needed mm-hmm. because there's a lot of confusion around what builds into these grades, what counts, what doesn't. I feel like I've been a little bit let down today. With everything that's won, happened not only with Cass, obviously as a Cass fan, I'm going to be a bit jaded by the goings on. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the lack of information and the lack of breakdown, the lack of simple understanding for people to see where these grades have come from and where they've been made up from is just really hurting the sport. Like, I've had a mate text me today, does that mean we're not in Super League? Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Like, there's no explanation or understanding. I mean, we've got it up here in front of us on the, on the, on the screen. This is the tweet from the RFL account at 10 o'clock, and they did uh, attach a press release in the replies. Right. Um, but I work in social media, and also I've got eyes, so I can see that the original tweet, which just has the table on it, which is obviously what most people are seeing, yep. has 110, near enough, 110,000 impressions on Twitter. The reply, which has the actual press release with a bit more info in it, has 9,000 yeah, impressions. Exactly. A tenth. I mean, it's a tenth of the people who have seen just the table are actually reading what's gone into that table. And, and I must admit, the press release, as we discussed, isn't great anyway. It's a few lines just saying, they've got this, they've got this, but it's not actually saying where they've got those points from, as you've said. All they've really provided on social media to the layman, to to a non-RL fan, which is ultimately what this is meant to appeal to, which is insane, but yeah. it is, is a list of 35 clubs with right. a letter next to it and then a decimal a decimal number. That's all it is. And I mean... And it's just, what? I'm, like, sh- I'm sure you've had mates where they've gone, oh, has grading come out? And you've just sent them that picture. I was asked this morning by someone who's relatively clued up in rugby league as well, to be fair, generally. If this stays as it is... Um, if Cass go bottom next year, does that mean they're out? Yeah, exactly. And I had to explain, it doesn't matter where we no, come next year, but no. that's not been explained enough. No. And I think that, the big thing around this grading thing is, we probably understand it a little bit more because obviously we do this podcast, we are yeah. invested in rugby league and we've probably done a lot more reading on it than... But we're self-taught, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we are self-taught. Yeah. But the amount of reading that we've had to do, yeah, yeah, yeah. to understand it, and to be fair... We're openly admitted before on this podcast and probably to each other. We're still not 100% sure on what every single thing is graded on. No. Or what goes into this gra- these grades completely. But as I say, Joe Bloggs on the street, who's a casual fan who maybe watches it on a Friday night if it's on telly, maybe comes to 
an handful of games. If they're a Cass fan, oh, I'll go to Cass Wakey game, really enjoy that one. Cass mm. Leeds game, we'll go to Derby's. Yeah. They don't understand it. They literally will see, as you say, a list of, what, 35 teams. Mm-hmm. The fact that we're 13th. That's all they've and got. all we can really do in the absence, I mean, I think there is an IMG press conference today uh, at half one. It won't be streamed anywhere. I doubt no. it will be. No. Uh, that that makes sense. Um, but we'll get some some snippets, some quotes. Hopefully you get some kind of multimedia coming out of that, which kind of explains some Fingers things. Crossed. I mean, not that it's all going to be accurate because no. our, our score's going to be wrong. <laughs> but um, beside the point, the fact of the matter is, as you say, to someone who's not into his rugby league really, but well, enjoys coming down to watch the odd game, yeah. to, to get them invested in the sport, if they ask the question of who's in the league next year, the current, the only thing I'd be able to really do, other than try and explain it myself, is give them the criteria handbook, which is 45 pages long, I think. It's, it's not a fun read. No, it's not. And I, I only read it because I did the initial interview yeah. with Mark Grant. I, I need to be pretty switched on about it. And it's just, that is... People have said it, and the buzzword has been "this is not sport," and it, it's not, is it really? And we, we've been—we're still. I'm still. I think I'm mostly for it. I think it's, hard, it, it's, it's, getting, it's getting harder to defend. It's getting difficult to defend, and I know people say that's only because you're thirteenth. No, no. We've just been told we're eleventh. I don't care where Cass are. No. It's just—it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. It is, it, and. Yeah, as you say, people will say, oh, it's because you're 13th and suddenly you disagree with it. No, I feel like if we earn it, if we earn it, we earn it. If we don't, then fair enough, we're in championship. But for teams like Featherstone, who probably thought they might have done a little bit better. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, we've, we've got a Super League team that's 24th in this table. Yeah. <laughs> We've covered it already, but London are twenty fourth. Like what? What incentive do they have this year to invest in players? Well, they're not going to do are they? To I challenge and to try and finish as high up in Super League as possible. There was a comment, wasn't there, about their uh, some of their squads going to go part time? Yeah, this year they're going to uh, retain some of, the, yeah. some of the part time players because obviously they, they were instrumental in getting them up there. Would you invest anything in the squad? What, what, Why would you? That's the thing. You've got David Hughes there who I believe is one of the richest men in rugby league uh, yeah. involved and he's pumped yeah. endless amount of millions in over 30 years I think into that club he was probably looking at this he got, right, they've gone up it's an amazing team I think he was there until he was he probably got right I can have a real crack I can, I can throw two million in here or a million and try and get a couple of superstars in uh, or even not superstars but just players like you've got EK Cuss for example yeah. he's probably going to go to Salford he'd make sense he'd be throw him in at six bit of money yeah. they could probably sign seven eight of those He's looking at this now and going, well, I will literally just be throwing money down the drain. Yeah. Why? Why bother? That bit of conversation I'd be having in uh, in London Broncos HQ right now. Why should we bother? Yeah. And that I think that was always an initial problem. When did IMG come in? 2021, I want to say? 2020? I want to say 21. Just after COVID. To be honest, as much as I was, again, probably more for it at the time, but as much as I kind of understood their approach and I liked what they said in the initial press conference, the one thing I, I said at the time was... Why are we waiting four years? Yeah, it's a long <laughs> It was process. a long, long time to essentially just get to the same spot. Yeah. Really. And nothing's really changed massively no. in four years. No. It? Nothing's really changed. Apart from maybe Lee, are probably a little bit higher than they would have been. Maybe make a case for Toulouse that they were knocking around. The table ain't changed that much from where it had been in 2021, no. would it? No. 
they could have fast-tracked a lot of this. Yeah. Because let's Easy. be honest, and they'll say, oh, we needed two, three years to put the criteria together and make sure all our uh, functionality was in place so we'd not find any errors. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it just seems a bit, the principle's there, I get it. The execution of it from the start has just seemed really slapdash to me. Really, really slapdash. And it's it's a shame because that is literally, we've based the entire future of the sport on it. And it's slapdash, but it's taken four years. Yeah. So at what point does that become incompetent? Yeah. They might throw some fancy graphics out there and, you know, I mean, there's, there's people on social media who work for them who kind of put the odd comment on. I think there's one that follows us about, mm. um, I forget his name, I apologise if he's listened to this. Uh, he went to the NFL London game, I think, recently. He said he was doing a bit of research and made some good points, for example, about um, all the stats being on the big screen at the time. He went, why, why don't we have a tackle marker in, in the ground, things like that. Great stuff. What's that matter? <laughs> what is that matter in terms of time? You're someone who's leading the charge for this yeah. sport yep. and your job for the day was to go to the NFL London game and go, oh, that'd be cool if we had that on TV. I'm not being funny, but we need something a bit more tangible than that, don't we? You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, if that's where we're at, I mean, you know, IMG are absolute marketing giants in the, in, in the, in the sports Absolutely world. Absolutely huge. Uh, we've said it before, they pretty much cut... I mean, we talk about um, the one thing I would say. We'll get onto streaming a little bit. We'll touch about a little bit of that in a sec because I, I don't think we've spoke since that. No, since that was revealed. No, so we'll get onto that in a minute. They are basically. I still think they've got the contract. I'm not 100 percent sure. So don't quote me on this, but they definitely have in the past have had the contracts for the EFL. Mm. So if you're watching it, I think it's on ITV now, but it was on Quest, for example. The highlight shows the cameras are IMG cameras. That's how big they are. You know how big the football league is. IMG are responsible for the massive uplift in the Ultimate Fighting Championship in yep. the UFC. Yep. They came in and I believe they bought it for $4 billion. Just an insane amount of money. You know, this, 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 Crazy money. These are the players we're meant to be associated with at this point. And this is why I'm saying we don't have IMG. I think we need to get rid of this IMG idea. We've got a little offshoot of IMG. We don't, IMG don't care about us. IMG do not really care about rugby league and see it as a, a massive... No. Uh, priority, do they? they? They don't because it wouldn't take four years to do. They managed to, they managed to sort out the sale of I, uh, UFC for four billion dollars pretty damn quickly. It didn't take four <laughs> years to put a table together, which doesn't really make much sense. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just we need to have some realism about where we're at and where we're being led. And although they entered as kind of all conquering gods in twenty twenty one, oh my god, they're going to sort the sport out. Maybe not. I mean, maybe not, and we need to be open to that possibility, I think, don't we? Yeah. I feel like this podcast has turned into a very negative one for us today. I think it was always going to be, though, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we started off with the positive bit. So. We did, and I mean, it's not all negativity just because Cass have gone 13th. I think it's a bit of a realisation of what this system is system's going to be. Yeah. Because as well, I mean, another point which people have made out, and particularly from other clubs as well, I think you've referenced it, is you can look yeah, at that 14 teams because there's a clear drop-off. There's about a point, yeah. there's a point and a half to Fev, uh, which realistically, I think, when they didn't come up this year, they were always going to struggle. I think we pointed that out. They're, 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 they can pick up a few points elsewhere, but they're pretty close to where they can peak to as a club unless they can yeah. find 4,000 fans or somewhere, which is not an easy task. No. So you can see there's, there's a clear drop-off to 15th. So it's very easy for people to go... And make it th th there are people in the media, particularly a very 
<laughs> very famous Bradford fan, believe it or not, <laughs> with them being in 14th. Well. Uh, who were going, well, it'll be a 14-team league. We're just, we're just, we're, there's going to be discussions. They're going to make it a 14-team league in 2025 anyway. That, that talk hasn't gone away at any point. That's always been there. It's been discussed. The clubs can't afford it. No. The, the we, just, we just talked about the drop-off from 2018 being 2 million yeah. to now being 1.3. Imagine having 1.3, well... Split it between two more teams. Where, where does it drop off to? You can end up with... I mean, trying to do the maths myself, but 1.3 times 12, whatever that might be, you're then dividing it by 14. It, it's just... You're going to be closer to a million, aren't you, I think? Probably. Yeah, you're going to be pretty much touching a mil. And when you've got a salary cap of 2.1... Um, there's talk of a salary floor uh, so you've done the maths just, just over 1.1 million just over 1.1 it would be if they brought in a 14th team we're tied into the TV deal for three years now so yeah, that's not going to improve no it's not changing so the maximum you're going to get is 1.1 million which is pretty much a million less than five years ago and we're talking about teams that don't have massive revenue streams no that still are expected to fit a squad into a salary cap again as, yeah. as I've just said there might be a salary cap floor which has been mentioned so they'd have to spend a certain amount anyway they're already putting their own investment into these teams beyond the sky money it's just not tangible yeah. uh, it just isn't tangible to make it a 14 team league um, at the moment unless they can find some investment somewhere yeah. uh, and that's uh, one final point on IMG before we talk about streaming so that's a bit more positive on their side of things potentially Maybe not necessarily, um, but <laughs> the one thing I've always thought, if we if we had these kind of all powered, all powerful IMG overlords, is they're not short of cash. And my, I think the reason why I've given them so much leeway in the past is like they'll pump some money in because well, they've, they've not had to pay at all to enter the sport. All they're doing is is receiving a return on investment after twelve years, which would now be like eight or nine years down the line. I mean. You, you accumulate, you, what is it, speculate to accumulate, is it? Yeah. You've got to invest first if you're going to get a return at the end, aren't you, clearly? So I kind of assumed all this stuff works, but the club, the spot clearly needs a financial lift. And if they were willing to put even 10 million in, that would make a huge difference. If you put 10 million in, which is pocket change to a company like IMG, by yeah. the way, we've just said they're part of a $4 billion deal, Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, has made endless profit since. So much. Ten million's nothing to a uh, to a company like that. Drop it, bucket. Then you can have a fourteen team league. Yeah. Then you can have an uplifting market department across to get the game, which is clearly what you want. Yeah. Then you can have teams that are spending up to cap, and it's that reluctance to put that money in, which worries me. Because what are they seeing? If they're not, if they're, you'd have thought they'd have put some money in early, wouldn't you? Probably. They've clearly seen something and thought it's not worth putting money in this, which is very worrying. If they're sat there thinking, I don't want to put any money into this, I'm not going to see anything return, then what does that say about our sport? What does that say about his infrastructure? What does that say about the people running the sport yeah. at the top level? It says two things, doesn't it? It either says they don't believe in their own ability to yeah. turn it around, yeah. or they don't believe in the ability of the people already in the sport who, are not, going to give up, who are not going to give up control. And they're not, either. No. It's a real concern. It's a real concern. I really thought at the start they're going to put some money in. It would make sense. They're a massive marketing department. Clearly, marketing is where the game falls down. It's clearly an unbelievable product when it's played well. All they need to do is get bums on seats, get people aware of it. It's just awareness. And the fact they've not even... It don't even have to be 10 million. It could be a million. It could be anything. The fact we've... If they have put it in, we've not seen it. Yeah. Or, let's be honest, if they put it in, they'd let people know. Surely. 
You'd expect so. The clubs would at least. It's a concern. It's a concern that they've not front-loaded a little bit and gone, we're willing to take at least that hit just in case it doesn't work. It shows a lack of faith in the product, to be honest, uh, and that is a worry. Um, that does take me on to, if we talk about streaming a little bit, because this has kind of come out since, yeah. we've, since we spoke last. Um, we also got a new coach, so we'll talk about that afterwards. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I forgot that. <laughs> That's been a couple of weeks. Uh, quickly on streaming before we we'll just finish off with a little bit of general cast chat, which will just cheer us up a little bit, I think. We'll try. Um, yeah, streaming, uh, well, every game is going to be shown next which year. Which is good. Which is good. I think it's positive. It means six games a week. I'm saying good. Yes. Six games a week are going to be broadcast in some way, shape, or form using IMG cameras. So I guess that is the investment. Okay, I'll give them that. It's not anywhere in the realms kind of 10 million but it's some kind of investment it is we're told it's going to be two games on Sky uh, main Sky uh, as it is currently um, potentially 12 to 15 games on terrestrial TV off the back of that although there is not currently a deal signed nope. Channel 4 so we don't know where that would be rumoured to be Channel 4 though isn't it yeah but not definitely not apparently 100%. apparently the BBC and Channel 5 would also be scoped out which is Good to have that little bit of competition and maybe that appetite to have it on more terrestrial TV. It does make me think that hopefully if other channels have been scoped out, it means there is some potential finance coming the other way this time because obviously Channel 4 have got it for free. Yeah. I'm not hugely confident of that. No, but, but there's they, hope, hope in there, definitely. Channel 5, for example, which is not a big channel in the grand scheme of things, if they can say X amount of people watch this on Channel 4, you can get it for a fraction of what football would cost or anything yeah. like that. It's a good product we'll supply the cameras, we'll supply everything, we'll supply the production team. Channel 5 might throw a couple of million at it, yeah. and hopefully they will. Um, saying that, I still think it'll end up on Channel 4. But, but beside the point, anyway, 12-15 games on terrestrial TV, which leaves kind of three other games on most weekends, sometimes four, which we believe, is, again, it's still a little bit up in the air. They will be filmed, there will be a video referee. They're either going to be on a Sky platform. Yep. Um, Sky platform is an interesting one. That could be anything from... Sky Sports Mix, they could put it on the channel, or their on-demand service could be the Sky Sports YouTube channel, yeah. which they've used before, or it'll end up on an RFL-led um, streaming service, which presumably would be our league. Whether or some they're rebranded. Whether version. they're going to rebrand that or whatever it might be, and there is something in the way of season passes potentially, which is positive. Which makes sense. Yeah. So basically, there is going to be probably a one-off fee, or you might be able to pay it monthly, where you'll be able to watch every cast game, for example. Um, I think an away season pass makes a lot more sense than a home season pass. Yes. I will suggest that, particularly when attendances are such a big part of the ING grading. I think there is a slight concern there, particularly when a team's not doing very well. Uh, I think when a team's doing well, but again, it's, that is, you know, you've got to do well, I suppose. Oh, yeah. I think when a team's playing well, you're going to get people in the crowd no matter what. It's that element of when a team's moving a little bit more down the dumps and down between kind of 8th and 12th, our fans going to go, well, I can spend eight quid and watch it on telly. And I can get four mates around and we can actually spend £2 each. <laughs> Which, they need to put some security for that, I must yeah. say. Uh, although, most people get around it. Um, or do I spend 25 quid and go down that lane? I understand it in a cost of living crisis and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So there is a slight risk with that, that attendances will drop. Um, but I do believe the clubs will get the majority of the funding, or the majority of the profits from, from the stream, at the very least. So... Not perfect, but it's it, it feels like a step in the right direction if we want to take the sport anywhere, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We, we get having more games shown live is only a good thing. Yeah, especially if we can get it on Sky and terrestrial TV, 
and get it into the eyes of casuals, people that are man maybe just channel hopping on, say, a Saturday afternoon. I think feel like that's what's been great about the Channel 4. Yeah. Does, doesn't hurt that the product and the production of it has been great. Very good. I feel like the presentation's been amazing. The commentators and the pundits that they've had on has probably been a step up on what Sky Sports has been for a couple of years. I think so, yeah. Hopefully, say I had, I had a mate come to me, there's going to be commentators at every game. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet. The, the problem is, is there six good commentators? And the answer is no. No. <laughs> so, Especially not in the Sky Sports lineup. I know I'm bagging on Sky Sports a little Sky bit. Sky have probably got, I mean, realistically, if I looked at it, I'm trying to, I'll try and reel them off. You've got Bill Arthur, who's obviously the lead Sky commentator. He'll be the Sky game. Yeah. You've got, uh, is it Ben Pro? Yes. I think he's yeah. a Sky one. Obviously, you've got Mark Wilson. Who'd be a lead on terrestrial TV? Yeah, he's and been great. In, in my opinion, should be a lead on Sky. Yeah, but he's a, go. at the moment he's the best that is doing the TV commentary. Yeah, commentary. you've got Matt Newsom who did the England Tonga game yeah. on Saturday. Was, on Sunday, should I say? He's very, very, very good. Very he's good. generally BBC, but has done a couple of Sky games, yeah, I think. And then you've got Dave Woods, obviously, who's contracted the BBC. So that'll probably be if BBC took those twelve fifteen terrestrial games, then yeah, then Dave Woods would do that. Be. But that's only five. <laughs> so I'm struggling for another one, if I'm honest. And this is a thing of trying to figure out who would be good. There's some great pundits. And I, some... I hope interviews are being had right now when they're getting, they're getting so. people put through the paces. Like Kyle Moore, for example, is a brilliant Oh, pundit. great pundit. Could it be as good a... It, it, obviously, we've done a little bit of this, obviously, for university and things like that. It's a different thing to be a play-by-play play and a caller. Yeah. Is a, is yeah. a different commentary task, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, very very difficult. There's a because lot of good radio ones. Maybe they maybe they start I, from I was just about to say there's some very good radio ones. I mean, I think JD springs to mind. Um, he's probably been the lead, especially rugby league journalist yeah. at the very least. But I know he's a very good colour uh, league uh, play, play by, by play, play yeah, commentator yeah. as well. The problem is with the radio though as well. You've got cause it's generally local BBC, isn't it? They're all tied into BBC contracts and they've got their own radio exactly. shows. And it's whether exactly. they're it's they whether they're, out to do it's whether they're even thing. able to do this kind of yeah. essentially freelance work, isn't it? Um, yeah. So to answer your your mate's original question, yeah, I don't know. And <laughs> I don't know if there becomes there, there was literally just a uh, a car com uh, conversation I was having, and he was saying, "Well, will clubs have their own commentators?" I suppose some will. Could it some if, will? if it's going to be say? If you say they could a, be around, <laughs> Moggy's always around. If you have say Cast versus Hull FC on a Sunday afternoon, it's on our league or whatever the platform's yeah. going to be. Is the scope for it to be a Cast commentating team? Would that be too biased mm. and put Hull fans off or other fans of the sport off? But if it's agreed across the sport that the home team will have their commentators commentating yeah, on the game. Yeah, that could be the way around it, I suppose. So when yeah, we yeah. say go to Hull FC, we have to it's Hull FC commentators, and obviously they'll be a bit more biased towards their team. That might be the way to do it. That might be the way to do it. And that's a way round needing to find yeah. these brilliant yeah. play-by-play -play commentators that are really, really good. And this is the thing, because people listen to this and they go, well, this is, this is just silly. Like, you don't need a commentator for da -da -da. at least we're showing it live. But you really do. The thing is, we're in a world of. Uh, I mean, you're listening on a you're listening to this podcast. You might be on a train. You might be in your car. 
you might be slayed in bed. Raise your hand if you've got a dodgy box. (laughs) (laughs) Or some means of streaming. Um, The product needs to be good on our league. We discussed this ourselves, didn't we? Whatever this streaming service is, it has to be good because otherwise people are not going to pay for it because they'll get it illegally. Yeah. And therefore, no one's getting any money. Exactly, <laughs> and it's just and it's just hemorrhaging, um, which is the risk with this now, isn't it? Because the thing is, if a stream is available on an app, oh, trust me, they'll find it. Exactly. Um, so you do need to think about commentary. You do need to think about on-screen graphics, which are not heavily pixelated. You yeah. need to make sure the camera angles are sufficient at the very least. I'm not expecting ultra HD, you know, sky quality. Don't be wrong, but they need to be. You need to have at least three, four cameras. I also don't want just a camera from the gantry. Which is the risk? That's which is what some streams have been, and especially. However, if there is a video ref, you'd imagine there's at least corner cams. At least, you'd hope. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't even know how you'd have a video referee with just a gantry cam. Oh god! You'd like to think there'd be at least five cameras, so you'd have a gantry cam, which would be. I'm not expecting a two shot. shot. Yeah, you'd have a wide shot and then a camera in each corner. For your tries. Yeah. Try decisions. But then ideally, you'd want one. On halfway, there's a lot of things you can see. The thing. <laughs> there's a lot of cameras. I hope IMG have got a lot of cameras. Will is all I'm saying. It's one of those things where it's basically we're just gonna have to sit and wait and see what it's gonna be. Yeah, and just like the rest of everything we've talked about today, I, I hope it's not that slapdash word. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> it's possible. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, they bring out some more information around yeah. how it will work, just to sort of quell people's sort of worries and fears. Yeah. But at least with this, it's it's a new product, and it's yeah. People give it can a start from it, zero and make it good immediately, rather yeah. than it be sort of half decent and as yeah struggle with things and oh, yeah. We'll see how that goes. We, but, hopeful anyway, aren't we? Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll finish off with a little bit of cash chat. I mean, it's been a very long and heavy podcast, and we've gone round in circles endless times because it's been a, a pretty bad morning. As I said, we didn't expect it. <laughs> we certainly didn't expect to be sat uh, in Weldon Road at, at ten o'clock this morning, but here we are at. 20 to 2 um, it's a bit bizarre really so apologies if we've gone round in circles particularly <laughs> me uh, quite a bit but yeah since we last spoke obviously we had a week off uh, you were ill it's good to see you back yes. fighting fit thank you um, coach announced we have a, officially got a head coach and a new assistant coach we do we don't speak about it too much because obviously we we knew like the episode before so we spoke about we it for a good half an yeah. hour didn't we um, but good to see it confirmed Good yes, to see you confirmed nice. and done. Obviously, there was the announcement on the Friday, and we thought, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it did seem it was literally just um, you know, crossing some T's, dotting some I's, that kind of thing on the contracts. And it, as it's promised, formalities. as promised, Tuesday, we got the announcement. Craig Lingard, Danny Maguire. Um, yeah, I thought they both spoke very, very well yeah, in the, in the press did. interviews. They both spoke to BBC and just the, the general press. Good. Uh, I was happy with what I've seen. I think Craig Lingard's been on a... I've not had a chance to listen to it yet, but I think he's been on a separate podcast a couple of days ago. Um, so I'm excited to listen to that. It's cheating on us. Yeah, We're hoping to get him on first, but no. We'll still get him on. We'll still, <laughs> uh, we'll still get him on. Um, yeah, happy, ultimately. Yeah, very very much. I feel like Craig will go well. As you say, speaks well. Clearly got the club's best interests at heart. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, a little bit. Um, I think Danny Maguire spoke really well as well. I think um, we've we spoke about the positives of bringing Danny in yeah. in a couple of podcasts now. Feel like he's going to have a positive impact on this team and really lead us to improve, especially on last year. Yeah. Although I don't know how hard of a 
Uh, it shouldn't be a big task. <laughs> Improving us on last year. But we've got a, a very much of a new look squad, new look coaching staff. It almost feels like a bit of a fresh start, especially after the disappointments of 2023. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think it's wholly positive. And then just on the squad as well. I think since we've spoke last, uh, Sammy Kubula came in. Yep. Uh, last week, which. You know, it's not a sign that's going to blow anyone's socks off. Obviously, he's kind of flitted around. I think he's had eight or nine clubs already yeah. at the age of, kind of 23, 24, yeah. I think. Um, but he's a, he's a big lump. I'll give him that. <laughs> he, he's, he's enormous. Uh, if you've seen the highlights, he is, he is very, very big. Hey, I saw a grubber kick in those highlights packages. That got me excited. A little car balls, I think. <laughs> I know. As well. um, so you can play a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a player that's come through sort of Wigan Warrington's yeah. youth system. So he's going to come with a bit of pedigree. He's Played some time in the championship. I think I saw him play down here against our academy. To yeah. be honest, in the, in the time I was down yeah. here, um, so he was a part of that, that good side that had um, Hanley in there at fullback. Yeah. He looked like a world beater at the time, and uh, obviously uh, Harry Smith, I guess, was mm. probably in that squad as well uh, at the time. Um, he's essentially what we asked for on the last episode. To yeah. be honest, we've got a squad of I think thirty. He's probably thirty. Yeah, but I think that's fine, and you just need that kind of play. You just, we needed some bodies. We needed some size, I think, in the pack. Yeah, it definitely brings size. Yeah, it's easy for people to say, "Oh, well, that's a really kind of uninspiring signing." And yeah, it's it's an inspiring signing, but they can't all be inspiring. And I'm not. Yeah, you say you want to buy recruitment this year. We've talked about the money issues and a lot of the reasons why we've done that, as well as get as well as trying to get younger. Clearly, we're trying to reduce um, some of the financial strain on the squad. Um, yeah, you just need some size. You need squad players. If he plays 10 games, I'd be very amazed. Yeah. Uh, I think he's more of a five-game kind of player, probably come off the bench. It, it, it sounds horrible, but unless he absolutely trains the place down and is, is, a, is a different player next season, uh, and clearly Lingard's seen something in him because obviously yeah. he was at Batley, he's a player where you wouldn't be upset if he's not played a game next mm-hmm. season because that means everyone stayed fit and the, and the forward pack have retained the position, yeah. which is what you want, isn't it? For me, he's Muzzy Mustafa 12 months on. When Muzzy came in, yeah, he was kind, kind, of kind of that signing of, if he plays five to ten games, then great. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Obviously, we saw the back end of the season, Muzzy Mustafa kind of came into his own, has probably earned maybe a step up in that pecking order now. So we needed somebody to sort of replace his his, his role. And that's what kind of Kabula is. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, so that pretty much nails the squad down now. I think it's 30-ish. Uh, in the first team squad which is what Danny Wilson told us on the podcast so I'd expect um, we probably won't find out until pre-season to be honest but there'll be some kind of emerging squad off the back of that as well hitting us close to kind of 40 number uh, and then obviously the academy after that so I'd be interested to see how those squads I'd be interested to see how those squads are kind of announced because Mm. the the 30 man first team squad has pretty much been announced already by the squad yeah they've put that graphic out so it'd be interesting to see if we even hear ourselves who the emerging squad is or that's just an internal thing and they're just brought in. Yeah. I think what's basically what's going to be done is we're going to get 30 squad numbers in January uh, just, just before the start of the season and then the next one up will be 31, next one up will be 32 yeah. and they'll just get them as as and when needed I suppose from the emerging squad or as and when they perform well on the training field which is, is alright by me and people say that's a, that's a small squad compared to 37 this year. It's bigger than what Lee had last year. It's bigger than what yeah. Salford had last year. It's getting more part of the course I think to have a squad that kind of size and it remains to be seen how they play it's going to be exciting it's going to be interesting um, we're going to be expected to come 12th or 11th probably by um, every other fan <laughs> I think I think that's fair to say I've seen some of them putting us like 9th and 10th I want to speak to those guys they're, yeah. <laughs> they're good uh, without them 
Um, but I don't mind that. I don't mind that. It's been almost, dare I say, refreshing to go into a season with no expectation, really. Yeah. And hopefully they can only then improve on what we're expecting. So uh, I'm not against that whatsoever. And I think there's definitely some young kids in there who, who are going to excite us a little bit. So I'm excited by that. Um, yeah, I don't have too much more to talk about. We've gone again round in circles plenty, and there's been a lot discussed. And apparently, I hate IMG now. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But um, yeah, thank you for Mark for coming on earlier. Yeah, um, amazing for him to kind of give up that time to come and talk to us and talk to obviously you fans that are listening as well. Yeah, yeah, that was really appreciative, and obviously the fact he's done it for his own back and let you got in touch with us to to speak um, to speak on the podcast is. I think it says a lot about where the club's going communi- uh, communicatively. There we go. Um, I think it's a positive. I think it's a positive sign. And hopefully, whatever this appeal process might be, uh, you know, appeal a, a meal. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, in terms of the appeal, uh, we, if we if it is just a matter of the RFL putting a tweet out in the next couple of days with us on 11th, yeah. fine, with a bit of an apology. All good. All good, I think. Um, yeah, I'm more positive than I was at 10 o'clock this morning, which is crucially yes. where we want to be, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, very much so. Nice one. Right, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening all. Uh, I appreciate it if you made the end. I imagine it's been a pretty tough listen, <laughs> but I do appreciate that. Uh, thank you for coming on and driving me to the ground, Adam. No problem. Uh, thank you for not being ill anymore. <laughs> so yeah. it's good to good to see you back fighting fit. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Coif. <laughs>